Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. That's fucking delightful. Delightful, fucking good combination for you. Side involved in the space. Good, excellent. Have a look at the fucking Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Water Report podcast in association with the Sunderland Community Soup Kitchen. It's Gav back after Sunderland's 3 1 away win at Queen's Park Rangers. Delighted to say that because there was times in the game where I felt that it wasn't going to be our afternoon, but the quality, as I said on the preview, um, in the end was what separated the two teams, and Sunderland in the end got the three points that they deserved. So, happy days yet to talk about with Chris again. Hiya, mate. Yes, happy days. First away win, seventh in the league. Happy days. Doesn't get much better than that, does it? I mean, we might as well go right into it, because it was pretty eventful game, wasn't it? Um, but as I said... It did feel for a for a period there that it wasn't going to be our day. It was up until the nineteenth minute, and perhaps even a little bit beyond that. It just felt like exactly what I predicted might happen if QPR were going to win. They were slowing us down. They were sitting behind the ball. They got a all right. It wasn't a set piece. It was a throw in. I don't know if they count as set pieces, but the goal came from a that kind of situation where the ball was hide into the box and bounced around a bit and you're just thinking bloody hell just not going to be our day to day but then out of seemingly nowhere Jack Colback decides to get himself sent off <laughs> and um, I mean you couldn't write the script really but he gets himself sent off totally changes the flow of the game gives us a little bit of a pep in our step but even still for most of the first half, we're, we're, we're bouncing around and we're thinking, oh, we're, you know, we're not creating enough. Begovic maybe wasn't getting tested enough. And then right before half time, we get a goal, and then second half, it was plain sailing from there, and it was all Sunderland. And as we sit here now, we're another three points up, sitting seventh in the table, like you say, which is um, a good indicator of of the start we've had that we were so high up in the table. And yeah, just a brilliant, brilliant performance and win in the end, wasn't it, Chris? I mean. Happy days, right? I mean, like I said, I keep saying happy days, but <laughs> if you're going to win away from home and you're going to have to overcome a bit of adversity, that's the way to do it, isn't it? I was just about to say, you, you kind of, yeah, you kind of called it a little bit when you said in the end, because it was, that, that that's how it was. I mean, it was, um, I mean, it was like playing Wickham all over again, wasn't it, to start <laughs> with? It was it was like a League One game, wasn't it? It was. Aye, it took it took you right back to those games where we used to go to Wickham and and play those horrible games, and all that sort of stuff. But we've got better players now, and that's that's kind of how how it turned out. And um and and I think actually I was thinking early on that um that actually we we did a bit too well on the preview because actually I think to start with we we both called it kind of right exactly right <laughs> how it was going to go, wasn't it? I mean, I, it doesn't take a genius though because everyone knows what, what Gareth Ainsworth's like. I think, like I said um, on the preview, they had averaged 33% uh, possession over the, the first five it's years. It's a mouthful for you. Uh, yes, I, I've been practising. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, that, that, I mean, that first goal, it was weird because I don't know if you noticed it on the stream, but it was about a minute before. It might have actually been um, when Ballard kind of went off on the sidelines. But the the camera went to the the sidelines and it went to Gareth Ainsworth. And just in the background, I don't know if you noticed, Gareth, uh, Patrick Roberts was, um, he was waving Pritchard back. And I thought, but he was kind of really giving it some. And I thought, oh, there's something, something not quite right here. Because uh, Patrick Roberts was really kind of, kind of um, 
gesturing to to someone to to run back and then you saw Pritchard when it panned back out sprint back to the thing and I thought oh something's up and then that was off the throw-in which actually should have been a free kick really because he shoved Armstrong shoved Bollard kind of right into the advertising audience at the side of the pitch so that should have been a free kick I mean I, I don't understand why the referee wasn't clamping down on that but anyway so when the ball's played in there's a there's a header at the front post and then it loops up and if you see it's almost kind of underneath it. Whereas if he if he was fully fit, he'd have been challenging for that ball and he yeah. didn't. I just don't think he could manage it. And then it kind of we lost that second header and then it fell to the edge of the box and he, he kind of took the lead. But at that point, good, good you know, goal though. I know it was, it was I know a good it was finish. Disappointing the way that they that they scored, but it was a good it, finish. It was horrible defending and it was it was Q, it was ends with QPR doing the long throw in which. Yeah, you know they do what they do and they get things from it. But but it was a good finish. It was a really good finish. But but like I said, it, it, it there was Equa. There was that thing. Just you know, he couldn't quite get to the ball. And yeah, I mean, at that point, I thought I was going back to our preview, and I was thinking, oh, you know, QPR have got that thing to hold on to. And yeah. you know where we said, oh, this, and I just thought this is going to be a stinking afternoon now, where it's going to mm-hmm. be down to us. It's going to be attack against defence, and they're going to just you know pack the. And it's gonna, and I just thought, oh, we're in for a really long yeah. afternoon. But, uh, but like you said, I mean, yeah, about what less than ten minutes later, it was about six or seven minutes later. He, uh, you know, Jack Callback, thank, thankfully, loses his head. Yeah, well, I mean, we'll, we'll roll it back a little bit because, like I said, said at the top, it was eventful. The, the game loads went on. Um, three minutes in, I think we're going to disagree on this penalty yeah. shout. Jack Clark carries it through two players. From the angle from behind the goal, the camera angle from behind the goal, I'm not sure. From the camera angle they showed behind, it looks like their number 11 just clatters into the back of him. And if you look at their feet, he stands on the back of Clark's foot. I mean, it, to be honest, I, I don't envy the, the officials in that situation because they don't have the benefit of that replay being slowed down. In in sort of the the thick of it, I can see why that didn't get given. But having seen the replay back, I think it was a foul. I do. I think that he stands on the back of Clark's foot as he's clattering into him, and that. But this is maybe one of those occasions where the amount of times Clark goes down in a game counts against him, because I think officials already have a a preconceived notion of what they're going to expect with Jack Clark because he runs at people. He does go down too easily, and I can totally see why that might have figured into the thinking a little bit that he he does like to go down a little bit too easily. But like I say, I think we've maybe been unlucky there. And I think a couple of minutes into the game, if you get a penalty, it could be four or five, you know, because they're, they're that bad. Nah, not for me, Jeff. No. Uh, you know, nah, he, you know, he burst into the box and he does his you're, thing. You're, heart, you're harsh I, when it comes to all this sort of I, thing compared well, to, you know. I, I, to be honest, it's, it's based on, it's based on where they're now putting the bar for fouls. I mean, even, mm-hmm. even outside the box, you look at where the bar is now for a foul, where a referee has to blow the whistle. I mean, even look at the Ballard thing we talked about earlier for the throw-in. I mean, if shoving him off the pitch and basically giving him a kick while he's at it isn't a free kick and it's a throw-in, then the Jack Clark thing is nowhere near a penalty for a foul in the box. And and for me, it wasn't. It wasn't a penalty. And the other thing as well, I always try and flip it the other side. If we'd conceded a penalty like that, what would I be saying? And I'd be saying it was soft and I'd be, I'd be fuming. So for me, nah, wasn't a penalty for me. I think... I think if again in the EFL that that yeah it's not a penalty because there is no benefit of VAR but if we, I think if there's VAR there that gets given. Now I think if the referee doesn't give it, I think they just stick. There's there's not enough. It's not kind of a nailed on mistake, so they wouldn't have turned it over to the referee. Mm, yeah, I suppose it's all changed that hasn't it? It didn't count in the end anyway, so you know it doesn't really matter. But from that, Pierre Etwar got smacked, didn't he? And that was ultimately what. Took him off the pitch. I'm not really, not really sure why he went down or what, but he he tried to play on. He played on for another ten minutes uh, or so. He should have yeah. went down. Yeah, because yeah. well, I think it was more they were trying to sort because it was so early on. They were trying to sort Pritchard out on the sidelines mm-hmm. and get yeah. get him ready. And this, I mean, this is one of my pet hates about modern day football, where you see you see subs in the first half, and you know when there's injuries. And then they have to yeah. put their socks on and put their shinies on and all this sort of stuff. And it's like, for me, for me, they should be ready to go. Yeah, yeah. But like I say, you know, Ekwad played on for another 10 minutes or so. Like you mentioned before, he was perhaps involved in the in the goal because he had not been able to compete like he normally would. 
But we got out-battled for that goal. I mean, I know we've already talked about it, but it was a good finish. And yeah, at that point, it felt like, bloody hell, this is going to be one of them days. Um, they had something to, to hang on to. And they, they, were, they were already clinging on to it from the first minute. They would, you know, the, even that way where, you know, that, that, that what you're on about with Pritchard being down and being seen to and Ekwar hurt, being hurt and all the rest of it. They were just trying to batter us from the first minute. Mm. Every, they were leaving something on us every time there was a 50-50 or the ball was running away. And the ref was giving them the decisions. He was letting stuff go, which I can understand one or two, but it was everything through that through that half. I mean, it's 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 funny actually that he even sent Colback off because I think he got pretty much everything else wrong in well, the half. He well, was you, poor. Well, you know what what it was. I mean, if you looked at the Dan Ballard thing, was exactly that. I mean, how how he didn't give that free kick, you know, mm. when he shoved Ballard off for that throw in. But you, it was one minute, one minute before Jack Colback uh, d- did what he did. And they, that was when Arms, I think it was Armstrong who left one on uh, or nine. He's just shit, by the way. Sorry, and, just to, to, to <laughs> chuck that in, but he's just horrible. Just a big hey, lump he, who can't play and just kicks people about. He's the new Akin Fenway. Yes, that, that's that's all I could think. He's just he's a perfect Ainsworth striker. He'll play every game this season, even if he doesn't score goals. He's horrible yeah. to watch. Um, and, and he was very lucky to stay on the pitch as well. By the way. Oh yeah, yeah. He could have been off two or three times. Easy. Well, that's it. But the referee wasn't given this to to start with. But he, you're right. He, I mean, he's exactly what Ainsworth wants up front. He just wants someone to disrupt things, get in the way, get his elbows all over the shop, just knock defenders uh, this way and that. But it was it was like a minute before when O Nine got caught late on, and he he got up and he bit. And I'm I'm almost sure. I mean, he obviously had a word with the ref, but I'm almost sure. Or nine, I, I bet you one of the things he turned around to the ref and said is someone's going to get hurt if you don't get a grip of this game. Because the first 20 minutes, the referee just did not get a grip of the game. All of those late tackles, uh, QPR knew exactly what they were doing. And to be fair, look, to be fair, we knew we were expecting it. Like We expected yeah, that. Yeah. That's, that's mm-hmm. how QPR play. But the first 20 minutes, I'm sure, or nine, a minute before, said someone's going to yeah, get yeah. hurt. And, and that Jack Colback tackle was a direct result of the referee not getting a grip of the game in the first 20 Correct. minutes. And I'll tell you yeah. what, that could have ended a 17-year-old's career who was, who's got the whole of his whole career in front of him, just made a big money move. And the way the referee managed things, well, he didn't, basically. He was letting all this go. Like, so he could have gotten seriously hurt. His career could have been yeah. over. He could have missed this season. And, and I'll tell you what, I completely disagree with Pride, uh, the commentator. Simon Pride. Simon Pride, that's it. And Danny Collins, when they said Colback was unlucky and he was stretching but for the yeah, ball. Yeah, they, they said he something about... He knew what about, he was doing. Well, he knew they what say he was something doing? like, oh, back in your day, Danny, that wouldn't have been a, nah, a nah. red card or whatever. Rubbish, rubbish. Yeah, it was poor. And they, they said that they thought he was... And to be honest, I completely disagree. I think Colback knew exactly what he was doing. And you mm-hmm. looked at his reaction after, and it, he, knew he, he knew he'd made contact with his ankle. And he didn't stand up. He didn't go to Bellingham or anything. And he knew he just bent. He just, you know, he made full contact with his ankle and could have snapped it. And yeah. he didn't make one gesture to go over and say, you're right, or anything like that. Mm. And I just I just think he was an absolute disgrace, if I'm honest. Yeah. Well, even before that, like you say, there was a couple of incidents sort of between the between the Equa sub and, and the red card. Huggins got sent headfirst into the side, Hordens. Yeah. Lad yeah. played him shoulder. Sh- knew exactly what he was doing again. Hit his head. Yeah, yeah, and um, a couple of minutes later, the the one that you were talking about, it was a terrible foul on 09, right down yeah. next to our box. And I've never seen Luke 09 lose his head like that. He was going right off it at the referee, but he had a right to, to, to be annoyed. And he was putting three fingers up as if to say that's a third time now where you've just let it go. And like you say, it could have been a lot worse for Bellingham. Thank God it wasn't. But Colback, I mean, if there was an incident to sum that fucker up, it was that absolutely yeah. useless. And I'm glad... In the end, justice was served. He got sent off, and he was and he was made to walk off in front of the Sunderland fans. There's a lot of history there between him and Sunderland, obviously, and it's been a long time now since he left the club. But I just felt like he was something was going to happen with him today. I just felt like it was going to be the case, and um, you know what a dick, really. You know he, he cost his team the game in the end. Well, you know what the daft thing was actually on the ball. He actually started off the game well. Like he was mm. he was playing well for for QPR and. You know, he completely let his side down. But but like I said, to be honest, I mean, I, I think if, if any of his teammates see that tackle, 
<laughs> they'll be kind of they'll mm. be having, well not having words but that you know it's just absolutely ridiculous how how he went in it, there was absolutely no need for it and like i said i completely disagree that he was kind of making a play there was no need to go in for the ball like that no it was too high he knew what he was doing and, and thankfully the old the, him and qpr got punished for it yeah next big incident in the game was the the disallowed goal from job um oh, there was a the, the, the replay the replay of the showed which wasn't wasn't exactly it wasn't a level angle so it's difficult to tell looked looked very close I'm I, I was edging more towards that might be a goal but the, the linesman put his flag straight up which normally indicates you know when it, when a linesman d- doesn't really think about it it's so he's already got in his head that he was offside I, I would love to see a better angle maybe when the photographer's got it I don't know um, but to me, I, I felt I felt like he was a little bit unlucky there. The commentators said the same, didn't they? They were they were the same on that. They they kind of felt it was perhaps level. A lot of other people said the same. But you're shaking your head. You you're you're a harsh taskmaster, you Chris. Well, it, it, for me, <laughs> you know, when you it, you could see you could see he was in line with the ball. I mean, our very own kind of Martin Wanless. I remember him writing in a piece that uh, someone's. Freckle on the left testicle was uh, was offside <laughs> over the line, and I and I think it was about that close. And for me, I, 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 he was onside. I think um, I know yeah. it was a, it wasn't the best angle, but when they froze it and that frame where you could see where his feet was, his feet was actually behind, slightly behind where the the, the defender's feet was, and you could maybe argue we might have been leaning, but. Uh, but he was onside for me. And I mean, this is a good place as well to start the um, Alex Pritchard loving, which I think we should do because for this goal, for this goal that was disallowed, he did exactly what he was, what he did. We saw him do it three or four times in pre-season where he took a ball inside. Someone gave him the ball from the wing and he was slightly in that kind of inside channel, not out wide, but slightly inside channel. And he just, he just flicks a ball into the middle and he did this to for him here, right, in preseason three or four times. And the way he does that, and he creates an opening, and he did that so many times today. And it's one of these times when one of these games where, you know, you thought away from home, he's come on for Equa, you know, against a team who just uh, smashing into us, you would think, oh, we need a player who's gonna win the ball. And I tell you what, Alex Pritchard came on today mm. and he was absolutely brilliant. He created so much against a side who were just going to dig in and just defend on the edge of their box. And we needed Alex Pritchard today. He looked focused. He looked like a player who yeah. didn't have doubts about his future hanging over him. I mean, to be honest, Pritchard, when he's came on at times this season, I think he's been he's been good. I think he's he's done well, but yeah. he definitely looked like he was playing without and say without pressure, but Maybe just without stuff going on in the background, he was focusing on his football. He looked like he had a point to prove, really, because now, now that that doubt about his future isn't there, he he needs to earn his place in the team, doesn't he? And like on the basis of what we saw in this game, I mean, he's got to start on Wednesday night. You would think. I mean, he was fantastic, as as you said, he created so much. It and you've got to give him credit for that because the way QPR played where they basically just had 10 men inside the box at all times. It's nearly impossible to to, yeah. to find gaps in space. And he done it time and time and time again. It was like him and him and Job just had this really good um, connection. They were on the same wavelength all the way through. And I was good that Job didn't actually get a goal in the end. Like, you know, like an, an, an official one that counts for something because <laughs> he was just in the right place all the time. He knew where Pritchard was going to put the ball. And um, yeah. I totally agree with you. I think I think Andy gave him man the match on the site, Pritchard. And right. I mean, there were some good performances in this game, particularly in the second half. But I don't think you can look past Pritch. I thought he was brilliant. And yeah. like, just like we'll come on to Bar, obviously, when we talk about his goal. But it's yeah. it's it's exactly what I've been saying about the competition for places. This is what you want to see: players who who were, were on the side there. Are now getting chances and taking them, and and now you, when you're Tony Mowbray, you're like bloody hell, who do I pick? And it's like such a good problem to have. Dak's been injured, Ekwas then got injured. That's allowed Pritchard into the team. He comes on him, turns in the man the match performance, and you've got to stand there and go, brilliant. That's exactly what you want. Yeah, you're exactly right though about um, about in games like this. I mean, you need that player to to just 
kind of unlock <laughs> unlock a, a pass through and just kind of unlock a defense when when they're just sitting there and we can't get through and that that's what he provided because it was it was 10 minutes later when he did the same again and he knocked it in and it was to the back post and job tried that side foot which he completely just miskicked and it went out for a goal kick and I mean, Job will be absolutely... I mean, he actually looked gutted when he came off because I think he knew he had, had some chances to get one or two goals today. And that one, like I said, 10 minutes later, that went to the, the back post. Um, I think uh, Job, Job should have scored that. So, but yeah, I mean, the thing about Pritchard though, and we, we, we might, I mean, we might come on to when we talk about the Blackburn game, but it's, it's almost like saying, you know, when we're talking about Pritchard starting games, is he that type of player who is better used when teams are tiring or, you know, and mm. we're kind of, we're kind of bring him on with, you know, in the second half or something like that. Or, or do you think just because of his performances, does he deserve a starting place? And I mean, just on the basis of this, you, you almost have to say, well, he's earned his place. I mean, he's been good in every single game. He turned this game um, by, by just kind of creating chance after chance after chance. Um, so for me, I think, as much as as much as I can see the use of him late on in games, I think he, I think to to not start him is is a bit off to be honest. I think he's he's always better in games where we're, we're just totally on top. Like and this th- that was obviously the case here. I think when when teams have spells where they're going back and forth with us and it's sort of end to end, that's maybe where you, he he kind of goes into his shell a little bit because it doesn't suit him, but. When when you've got a team like QPR just sitting in their own box, letting you have the ball, mm. like you know, you know, he's perfect. In that, but he's not the only one who's perfect in that situation. We've got a team full of players who are like that, who just love being on the ball. And yeah. I, I thought that perhaps one of the biggest mistakes QPR made actually after the red card was just sitting in because it was gonna, we were gonna, we were gonna get something. I don't, and I, I know it's easy. It, it you look at it and you think. They're the type of team who were going to sit in anyways, and they had a they had a lead to protect. But I just think that we've we had too much quality on the pitch. There was, it was never going to last ninety minutes, and and maybe maybe Ainsworth's um, mentality was sort of damage limitation at that point. Like let's try our best to sit in and just see if we can keep the score down. But if that was me, I would have probably been a bit more ambitious purely because it was it was inevitable what happened would eventually happen for me. I I, I look at I look at the players we had on the pitch and. We were always going to find a way eventually. Yeah, well, I think t- to be honest, I think they were just trying to get into half time, um, still in the lead, and it's it's one of them cases where I think he just went, look, let's just defend. We've got something. Let's just defend what we've got, and we'll reorganize at half time, and it would have been completely different um, had we not getting that goal. But the other thing was as well, the other thing that he was probably hanging on to as well in that first half, we looked we looked incredibly shaky when we were defending set pieces. Every corner, QPR seemed to be kind of getting on top of us. Long throw-ins seemed to be um, a bit of a problem. Any kind of high balls into the box were causing us big problems. And I think he just thought, well, we've got a 1-0 lead. Let's just dig in until we get that set piece and we can maybe nick another one or whatever. But but yeah, I mean, to be honest, I, I don't think he had much choice with the team he's got. But the, the other thing, just going back quickly to the to the the kind of Pritchard playing the balls over the box, and and that kind of connection you were talking about with Job is that I mean you've got someone like Pritchard, and you say we've got quite a lot of players now to to play that pass, but then what you need is those runners. Now it it was interesting that every time Pritchard played one of these balls, that it was Job on the end of it, and. If you look at the positions he was taking up, and he made a run in the second half as well, in behind the defender to get him behind, he makes the type of runs that you expect a kind of an established striker to make, and he's always picking. Mm. He picks up space that you would. We watch him burst obviously in the kind of first half, and I think obviously he's find needs time to find his feet and all that sort of stuff. But it, it would be almost Bellingham was picking up the positions that you'd almost think Burstow would be picking up being the striker. Yeah. But I mean, I, th- I just think that the runs that and the positions that Joe picks up, uh, yeah. being kind of eighteen year old and just is just absolutely ridiculous and being an attack midfielder. Um, but yeah, like you said, it was um, it was it was like that for the rest of the first half, and well, until kind of um, <laughs> kind of in extra time, extra extra time, we uh, we finally got back uh, level. Yeah, well, I actually thought that when they when they announced the the minutes added on that we'd been 
done short. They, they said eight minutes. I was thinking it would be more 10 or 11 just because we, we barely seemed to have the ball in play in the first half. But uh, we, we cracked on. And like you say, the, the goal that we got was, um, you know, I, I wouldn't say that we showed any real quality. Bit of fortune really, wasn't it? Clark, Clark cuts inside, gets the shot away. I think, I think it was Huggins who played the ball and gets the shot away. And Steve Cook, if, if he doesn't do what he does, Begovic collects it calmly and they go in 1-0. Um, but Steve Cook sticks his head out, deflects past Begovic in the back of the net. And I, I just don't think there's a better time to score a goal when you're behind than the last minute of injury time at the end of the first half. Because it changes everything, you know? I mean, Mowbray will probably come out and say, well, I would have probably told them the same thing, same sort of things. But in terms of the the mentality of both groups of players and coaches... It totally changes everything because we go in, we've got a pep in our step, we've got the momentum. They're probably thinking, get in, we're, we're going into half time ahead here, having protected the lead a bit, gone down to 10 men. All of a sudden it throws it up in the air and, and we're level and they're thinking, shit, what do we do now? Totally changes everything in terms of, a, of the mentality. And I mean, we saw the result of that straight away in the second half. I mean, as a half of football... And I know you've got to caveat it by saying that QPR are a team who don't want the ball anyways. They were down to 10 men. You've got, you have got to caveat it with that. But that was about as good as I've seen us play a half of football. We were just brilliant. From the first second of that second half, right till the end, it was like we were enjoying ourselves. We were just playing football and going out and trying to trying things. And we knew we were better than them. I think that was that was the thing. It, we We were playing with a swagger. We played like... Like we sort of owned the place, and that's a hallmark of a good side. That when you can do that, when you can just go and play with your chest puffed out and think, we've got enough about us. We're going to batter these because that's the way we we approached it. We were just so good, so so good. I mean, it it, it was almost the, the tone was kind of set by the, the the change that Mowbray made, wasn't it? Because he took Huggins off at half time, brought on Patrick Roberts, so he took a defender off for a for a winger. Which basically said we're just going to pummel yous, we're going to attack yous, wave after wave of it. We knew that they weren't going to come at us, so we thought, well, why play with that extra defender? Let's get Robertson, who is such a good player. Let's get him on. Let's get at them. And it set the tone that changed for me, and it meant from a mentality standpoint, we were going to go out and really get at them. <laughs> just, just as you were talking, there, I scribbled down the word mentality, and then you used it yeah. at, at the end because <laughs> it, it was it was exactly right though. Because um, I mean, just going back to the going back to the goal straight before half time because that was kind of the, obviously the start of it. But that that is Jack Clark in a nutshell because for that first half, he was so frustrating to watch, and I imagine for himself. He was frust- he was getting frustrated, but the best thing about Jack Clark is, and we see performances like this from him where, you know, just nothing seems to be coming off, and he's having one of those days. But you know what, with Jack Clark, even when he's having these days, he never shies away from getting the ball. He, he, next second, if he's lost it, two minutes later he's asking for it again. He wants to go again. He wants to have another go, and he and it wasn't coming off for him at all in the first half, and you know it was getting frustrating. And then he cuts inside and gets. But the thing is, he makes his own luck by cutting inside and just hammering one, and and that it just it can happen. You know, you smash one into the, you know, towards the to the the goal, and there's three defenders in front of you. Who knows what what's going to happen? And he made his own luck in the end. But that was that was kind of the mentality of the team. We could have just ended up being really frustrated after that first half and heads going down and all this. It's never going to happen. But like you said, I, that change at half time from Mowbray, I thought was a stroke of genius. Because a lot of managers would have just brought Barr off and thrown Roberts on. But he went three at the back. And the best thing about... And, and he clearly had a word about what he wanted Barr and Clark to do wide. Because with them having 10 men, what they wanted more than anything else was the game to be narrow right down the centre of the pitch. But what he did with Barr and Clark was pulled them... as He just basically said, you'd hug the touchlines. Because then that stretches out the QPR's team completely. Yeah. Because they need to, they need to just stretch out wide. They want everything to be in that central third of the pitch. But by keeping Barr on and saying hug the touchline, and keeping Clark on and saying you do your thing on the other touchline, QPR just had to spread out, and mm-hmm. there wasn't enough for them to to kind of cope with with us. And then you stick Patrick Roberts into the mix and play him in the centre with Pritchard, and like you said, we just completely took control. And you've got to you've got to give credit to Mowbray for 
for that to, for making that change because there's not there's not a lot of managers who do that. They do they'd go like for like. Oh, you know, we need need four at the back just in case bomb the full backs on or something like that. And I thought it was brilliant. And like you said, that that second half performance just completely and utterly controlled. I mean, five minutes in, I wrote I wrote the notes attack versus defence because basically that's what we turned mm-hmm. it into. Yeah. Well, I think the 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 biggest recipient of um of positivity from the from the Roberts sub was Bar because he went. I thought first half Bar played poor, if I'm honest, but it was mainly because he just didn't have enough support down the right hand side. So when he was picking the ball up and he was getting it in loads of space, there weren't bodies around him. And he, I don't think he's the type of player who thrives on sort of getting past the fullback down the outside and whipping it in. He's not that type of player. So once we, like you say, pushed him further wide because he was playing like a wing back, and he had Patrick Roberts coming in and helping him and, you know, receiving the ball and doing the one. There was a couple of one-twos in that second half between them two where if it had resulted in a goal, you would have been buzzing. Um, but I thought Barr was brilliant second half. It was a total different performance to the first half where I felt like he just didn't have enough help, really. Um, but like you say, it was just dominance from that that point, really. I've just, in my notes, it was it's just all Sunderland. There's nothing QPR did in that second half that stood out. It was just all us. It was just wave after wave of attack. We could have on another day had six or seven goals, and you know <laughs> that that's got to be when 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 you're coming going away from home and you and you're having that much of the ball and creating that many chances, it can only be setting you up for for a good good season. Really, I, I just we've really just carried on from where we left off last year after a bumpy start. This is the type of performance we were seeing every week towards the end last year. But it feels better somehow, just because we've got more, we've got more players now with that kind of ability to 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 cut teams open. Like Job has added something. Pritchard last year didn't have a great season, but this year he looks better. So it's just, it, it all seems to be meshing quite well at the minute. And like I say, that second half, it was just, it was just wave after wave. If I was gonna, if I was gonna say I was disappointed with anything, maybe we didn't get get burst into the game enough. I don't know whether that was just his first game and maybe. A bit of nerves, or maybe him not playing with um, playing with the freedom he, he ordinarily would, or, or maybe will when he's had a run of games. Didn't really get him into the game despite the dominance. You know, generally speaking, though, it was it was all us. And then when we got that second goal, it, it was coming a mile off, wasn't it? <laughs> like, I think we'd had in the five minutes preceding that, we'd probably had six or seven chances before we'd even scored. But it was the change. The the change did it. Because yeah. if you think in that in that first half, we had half an hour where they were down to 10 men, but we didn't look half as good in the, the rest of the first half as we did in the second. And this is where I think the, the genius of Mowbray's change and also just he had a word with the players as well. And I don't think we've seen as a controlled performance as that for a while. Because like you said, we saw, we did see it in sort of glimpses last season, but I'm not sure it was quite as controlled as this was, and then, and you've got a you've got a caveat by saying yes, it was down. We were playing against ten men, but the thing is, sometimes you play against ten men and and you struggle to break them down, and we just didn't. You just thought you just thought it was coming, and you just thought it was a matter of time. And the, the, I do feel a bit sorry for Burstow because he came off after an hour, and if you think that first half, I mean that first half was just, it was a horrible first half. I mean that that was. That was QPR dragging the game down to to their levels and where they mm-hmm. wanted the game and how they wanted the game to be. Um, so you've got to feel sorry for Burstow because they they kind of just you know dug their trenches on the edge of the box and we we weren't we didn't quite have a game plan to to kind of play against that. We needed that halftime break and then afterwards, um, yeah, I mean, like I said, he only had about what was it about fifteen minutes of the second half, so it was just after we kind of went two one up and. I th- and the other thing as well, he looked like he tightened up with cramp and all that sort of stuff. So you can see he needs games, yeah. doesn't he? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, I mean, he'll he'll get into it. I mean, I I just think he's a good player, so look, let's give him some time. But uh, but yeah, like for for an away performance, just in that second half to be so controlled against ten men, because uh, it's not always like that. So to do what we did and in the manner that we did it, it, it like you said, it's going to set us up for another away game coming up. <laughs> well, the, the the last two goals we'll, we'll go over them quickly. Um, Ballard's goal came from a, a nice little spell of football, wasn't it? We we had a corner, it got cleared, 
Uh, there was a bit of a give and go between Pritchard and Roberts, and then Pritchard got a shot away, which actually was a really, really good save by Begovic, I thought, um, from, from sort of close range. And then um, it just diverted into the path of Ballard. I think one of their players was was switched off completely and had played him on side. Right place, right time to just tap it in. Um, he celebrated it like it was a cup final winner, didn't he? You know, went absolutely <laughs> mental, slid into the corner the lot. But I'm, you know, over the moon for Ballard to get a goal, obviously. But like I say, it was coming, wasn't it? And then um, it was funny because after we scored that, the attitude from Mowbray was similar to to sort of the the half time attitude, and that we just, you know, we, we were really positive with the changes we made, and it was more of the same. He, he was he was bringing on more attacking players as the game went on. He brought on Oshish for his debut. And I don't know whether it was just the circumstances of the game and the fact that QPR were letting us have the ball, but he looked he looked really good. I thought I thought he had some really good yeah. touches. He came on for Burstow and he, and mainly played on the on the left. He was occasionally cutting inside and that, but um, he he looks a player too, didn't he? And you know he gets the assist for the third goal. It was a a great ball in from him. Got to give the mention to Pritchard for that one as well because he played a, a cracking pass around the corner to to Oshishu. Puts a lovely ball across, and then it, it actually looks like a really difficult finish from from Bar, but he kind of arrives just at the perfect time over the top of the ball, finishes it into the back of the net to make a three one. Um, but yeah, just just get your thoughts on them two goals then, because I think they were very different goals, but they both came after enduring spells of immense pressure from us. It was you know nobody on the QPR side of things can sit there and think that it wasn't coming because it was. Yeah, yeah, and then like I said, I mean, after after that kind of you know, as soon as the first, second half started, it was kind of Jack Clark was running the show a little bit. You know, he he seemed to always be in possession of the ball, and uh, Pritchard was doing great things with it every time he got the ball. Um, and that second goal, like you said, um, you know, one two were Roberts, um, and and Ballard was on side, because uh, he he was kind of on side when the pass was played through, and then um, but I was I was just a bit gutted because. To be honest, Pritchard was that close out. He was kind of that close from the keeper. I just thought he's just going to smash this. <laughs> he's going to score, and then he he tried to neatly kind of tuck it into the corner and be a bit clever with it. But uh, mm. but thankfully, I was centre centre off, and I, I was really I was really uh, pleased for Ballard because he had a tough first half. I mean, he basically had a wrestling match with Armstrong. I mean, it wasn't yeah. football what they were doing. I mean, he he just had to kind of pick Armstrong up, and Armstrong was trying to knock him out and all this sort of stuff. And I think, to be honest, his celebrations, I think that was just frustration of the fight that he'd been having with Armstrong <laughs> all afternoon. Yeah. Um, and it was you could tell actually the frustrations with Armstrong as well because it was only five minutes after that when Armstrong, that's when Armstrong kind of followed through on or nine on his head, and I was and he'd already been booked. And you could see O'Nine going up to the referee and counting how many times Armstrong could get away with it. And to be uh, and he looked miffed when Ainsworth brought him off because he brought him off a sub. I was staggered he didn't do it beforehand because he just he was a red card waiting to happen. Yeah. I mean, if if he hadn't have been subbed, he would have gotten a red card hundred percent. But in the, uh, in the in the first half as well, he stood in front of a free kick, which we took, yeah. which is a yellow. How many times have already of this season of because they've really clamped down on that. That's like now that is a yellow card. Like you, you stand the way of a free kick, you you get booked straight away. Ref it, let it go, and I'm thinking he's a lucky boy. How how he stayed on the pitch, both from the referee and his manager is is beyond me. He could have had he could have had five or six yellow cards easy today, but uh, but yeah, but so that's why I was I was glad um, I was pleased for Ballard because he'd had a, he'd had a hard hard afternoon. He'll have some uh, bumps and bruises when he wakes up tomorrow. So he, he got his goal, which was good, and then yeah, we just we just kind of uh, kept plowing on. Um, and and like I said, Clark Pritchard, um, Bellingham running the show until until he came off. Um, but uh, but yeah, we were we were kind of running the show, and that third one, I mean Pritchard again. Kind of knocking it around the corner, and Oshish, yes, I mean cracking in he, with his left foot, and actually it was a lovely dink ball in right to the back post because Bar could hit it pretty much first time on the half volley with his mm-hmm. left foot. I mean, great finish as well. I mean, kind of left yeah. foot, kind of half volley, smashed into the roof of the net and uh, and finished it off nicely. Because to be honest, I mean, we were controlling the game, but at two one. You just thought because they they brought on a bunch of subs not long before that I think and he yeah. kind of comp- and he 
And uh, Ainsworth just thought, right, well, we're behind. I'm going to go for it a little bit. They changed it up. And for a little period, they looked a bit better. They, they, played, they started knocking it about a little bit. And I just thought, a 2-1, all it takes is a daft corner or a Sunderland doing it. Or... It's Sunderland. <laughs> we could be 4-1 up, but I'd still be worried. You know well, exactly. I mean? And, and uh, we needed that third one, you know, 10 minutes out. Because <laughs> I just thought, the closer it gets, if it stays 2-1, the closer it gets to full-time whistle, <laughs> you just know it's going to get more nervy. But yeah, brilliant, brilliant third goal. And then in injury time, ugh, the icing on the cake would have been I know, Pamir. I know, I know, I know. It's one of them, isn't it? Because <laughs> about a minute before the, the best chance, he, he was really unselfish and tried to head it back across goal to Oshish when I think he should have probably had a go himself. Um, but fair enough, I can understand why he did it. Um, but then that one right at the death there, Pritchard's ball in was superb. It's right on a plate. And it's actually a great save. I'm sort of looking and thinking, I don't think he's done a lot wrong there. I mean, yeah, he's directed the, the header with pace towards goal, but the goalkeeper saved it. But it would have been the ice, it would have been similar to that rig goal against Southampton, where you finish off the game with just a really a really good moment. Because I think, to be honest, Hemia, when he came on, that's about as sharp as he's looked. I thought he looked really, yeah. really good. Um, and there's a goal coming from him, I'm sure. And once one comes, they'll flow. They will. I know they will. But it, it, it was nice to see Pritchard just put them on the plate for him and. It was a theme of the game, wasn't it? But yeah, it would have been would have been absolutely it just would have been great. It would have been great if he'd scored it, but unfortunately, uh it didn't happen, but it will. Yeah, it was it was a carbon copy of basically what we were doing in preseason, where Pritchard was picking the ball up slightly central positions, not quite too wide, and flicking it over the top to, to Hamia. And I mean that that was that was part of the problem why Hamia kind of couldn't get much pace on the ball, because actually it was dinked in. It didn't have much pace on it. So, so Hamir had to find all of the pace to get it past the keeper, but uh, but it was that kind of close out that uh, Begovic all he needed to do was kind of do a Schmeichel and and spread himself. <laughs> and unfortunately for for Hamir, but that would have just been that would have just topped the lot, you know, that, that moment yep. as he said exactly like the last game, uh, Hamir get up because like you said, I, I completely agree. There's a player there, and you can just tell by his touch he held it up. He, he brought other players into play when he, after he came on. Um, and he gets into some good. He always gets into good positions. Like those, those two when he received the ball, that one way he tried to nod it across, and the one off Pritchard's um, cross. He gets into really. He knows where he needs to be. So all mm-hmm. he needs to do is, like you said, is, is find the net with one of them, and he'll be away. And he, I can see him being useful in the in kind of later on in the season because I think I think yeah. he's going to get up and up and running. But yeah, good day at the office. Three one away from home in in London, and uh, first away with uh, away win of the season, which is always good. Yeah, we'll round off the the chat on this game with some three word reviews. I think from Twitter or X again. I still don't know what to call it. I think even uh, the commentator was having that problem, wasn't he? he kept saying X, formerly known as Twitter, and, and all the rest of it. But uh, uh, yeah, so starting us off, Kingy Paul Kingy says, "Fuck off, callback." Yeah, absolutely. Uh, old Papa Mowbray says, "I love Pritchard." Uh, RG Sciencia83 he says well fucking deserved lots of swearing going on everyone's really mm. happy um, Adam Doran says bloody fucking brilliant um, Marco Oswald fucking class I'll give you a are you, uh, are you just picking those out that have got uh, this, I'm literally just re- reading from the top of the list everyone's swearing uh, Rig says ginger piss biscuit yes perfect <laughs> That was his nickname when he left, wasn't it? And uh, it's kind of stuck. Uh, Paul Anderson says, thanks, Jack Colback. Tim says, good three points. Um, Lotta says, house of Jalof. Okay. Uh, Lee Taylor says, one hell of a squad. Uh, the Beast 13 says, some boy bar. Uh, some cheating going on here. Paul Rackstraw says, Abdullah bar. That's not three words. You've just, you know. Um... Eric Platten says, get in there. Have you heard the three-word police here? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to get strict on it. Um, GBR <laughs> Mackham says, we ran riot. Another one doing Abdullah Bar, Chris Day. Come on, Chris. Jordan Gowland, I just find it uncreative. Come on. Um, <laughs> Jordan Gowland says, a deal is mustard. Zach says, I am hard. Ooh, okay. Um, Owen Sara says, limbs, limbs, limbs. Michael Crosby says, Dan Bastard Ballard. I like this week's three-word review. Everyone's being really sweary. Uh, Kevin Hodgson says, Uncle Tony's Wizards. Paul Summerside, Joy to Watch. Ian Graham will end off on this one. Up yours, Ian's with. So, mm. yeah, 
Yeah. Upbeat. Uh, lots of uh, people people rubbing it in Callback's face and Ainsworth's face and you know, nice to get the come up get get the uh get the upper hand on those guys, I guess. Yeah, you can't you, you can't have everything, but the the only the only thing that uh, and I'm and I mentioned it in the preview or what one thing I was hoping for today, if we'd if we'd kept a clean sheet, it would have been three in a row, and that would have and we didn't do that at all last season, um and we only uh we only like we only had two successive games on two occasions last season where where we kept clean sheets, but if you look already, you know in the last we've only conceded two goals in the last four games. And I think that's that's one place where we've really started to improve this season. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so um, I know we've talked for quite a while here, but we do have another game on Wednesday and there won't be a preview before that game. So we might as well quickly talk about it. Um, Mowbray's come out after the game and, and gave a, a bunch of of updates on on the injuries that we saw in the game. Um, well, you know, Equa which was, uh, thankfully it's not a bad one. Um, he had a dead leg apparently going into the game, so he was touch and go whether he'd even play. Um, he was taken off because it, it, it sort of flared up again and we didn't want to you know, risk it, so he came off. But hopefully that means he might be involved midweek, I guess, if um, if he if he's able to train and the, the dead leg thing clears up. Uh, he also said Bradley Dack would be fine for Wednesday, um, which is good news, but I don't think, given the form of a couple of players, he'll start in this one, which he'd probably be a bit gutted about because, you know, had he not been injured, he would have played here. Then he would have went back to his old club and, and started. Um, although you never know. Maybe Mowbray will look at it like that and think, I want to I want him to go there and prove why why they were wrong to get rid or, or whatever. You know, he, he did seem to leave with a bit of a, a I'm going to prove you wrong type attitude, didn't he? He also said that Dennis Serkin's going to be out for around about a month, which is disappointing. I don't know what's wrong there. With Serkin, just can't seem to get a run of 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 games. Serkin, can he? Seems to be injured quite a lot. Which, um, yeah, hopefully this is the last of those problems. But he's going to be missing for around a month with a hamstring issue. Uh, but otherwise, it's business as usual. And um, you know, I guess one thing that this game showed us was that. And I'm, when I say this game, I mean I mean the one we've just won. Obviously, showed us is that we've got a lot of depth on the bench, and that that that's kind of with injuries. I'm not so worried at at the minute because we've got players available to us who can come in and, and and do bits and pieces. It does, it does. But I think I think today's game was right for the for the substitutions that we made. Mm-hmm. The worry that the worry that I've got and that. It, you know, it sprang immediately to mind when Ekwa kind of went off injured. You're thinking, I mean, let's say, let's say for instance that Ekwa went off today with a you know pulled hamstring, and then he's out for two months or something like that. Like we're still short in that central midfield area in terms of players who can, you know, um, kind of intercept the ball, nick the ball, kind of win the ball, those ball winning midfielders. And if we lose, if we lose Dan Neil or Ekwa. You know, Pritchard showed today he's he is fantastic. What he is a great player and I'm I'm glad he stayed with the club. But then if if that's the only option you've got to go to somewhere like Blackburn away, then it I, I just still feel like we're short there. And it'll be interesting, you know, if and I hope it doesn't happen, but if Dan Neil or Equa has kind of longer term injuries where they're really kind of out for a while, how how we kind of cope with that. And uh, mm-hmm. if we've got a real long stretch without, because there's only those two who I'd consider as being natural in that that position, whereas you saw today. But it was a different type of game today, and it was perfect for for Pritchard to come on and, and play that central role. Um, but yeah, hopefully, you know, it was all good to go um, on Wednesday night. So we'll see that Bradley Dak. I can't see him getting back into this team for a while. Um, the options we've got and the players who came on and did well. Um, he'll be chomping at the bit to. Get involved at Blackburn, but um, I'm not sure there's there's much point. And you know who does he come for on for for the bench? You know you you've got you've got Bennett and Rig who were flying high after the Southampton game who didn't get on today. So yeah. you know they're going to be they're going to be jumping at the bit for the to get on again and show what they can do. Um, mm. Yeah, and and as a you know Sirkin, you know he just seems to be. He seems to have these problems where he's out for three or four weeks, then comes back for a couple of months, then he's out for three or four weeks. This is a different problem a... as well, isn't it? Hamstring. Yeah, it's just it. He's just getting into a pattern now. And Dennis Sergan, he's he's one who is desperate for a full season. Like he want, you know, he's desperate to play. Like 
35, 40 games just to get a full, just to prove to himself he can play a full season. Yeah. Yeah, I feel a bit sorry for him because he's, he, for me, he's the best left back in the division. I just think he's quality, absolutely quality. And we we did miss him today. I, you know, I don't think Huggins played too badly in that first half. But there was times in the first half where I was thinking with a more natural left back there, you know, maybe maybe would have been better off. But yeah, he's going to be a miss for the next month or so. But you know, with going into this game, it's a very, like you say, it's a very different game, very different test to the the game we've just played because Blackburn are, I think they're pretty much level with us on the in terms of points and and stuff. Um, they've had a they've had a really good start, although they don't score many. Um, but they they've just beat Middlesbrough. But again, Borough bottom of the league and. You'd expect them to beat Middlesbrough at home, wouldn't you? The game before that, um, I think they they got beat, didn't they? Um, I, I should probably be prepared here, but yeah, yeah, they did. They lost to Plymouth, um, so yeah, they've they've won this one, but everyone was expecting them to beat Borough. I don't think they'll be looking forward to playing us. Don't think they will at all. I think um, I think teams will be looking at Sunderland and the way we're just starting to come into it, and they'll be they'll be thinking, bloody hell, this is going to be a bit of a game. Um, but I'll be honest, I don't know much about Blackburn this season, other than that they've they've lost a lot of players, haven't they? And and they didn't spend much in the summer. Obviously, famously with with us, um, was that long interest they held in Danny Barton. I think in the end they just couldn't afford him. They couldn't afford to bring him in. Um, the the owners there have really cut back. But taking that into into account, they've started pretty well. They lost Bren Burton. Bre- I can't even get my words out. Bren Bren. Ben, I'm really good with names, aren't I? Ben Brereton Diaz. If I say it slowly, I can do it. Um, they lost him. He went to Spain, Villarreal, I think, and they didn't replace him in the in the team. And you know that's a lot of goals that have gone out of the team. But in the Borough game, it was Sammy Smodix who got the two goals. Who's a number ten? Um, so I'm not really sure what to make of them. Really, I, I feel like again, and I think I said this to you on the preview. I feel like we should win this game, but. But you know, Blackburn, Blackburn were right up there last season. They're still up there now. But I just, I'm looking at that team, and I'm not. There's nothing about them that I really fear. I just look at them and think, very functional. I remember that game last year there where we we basically got cheated out of the, out of the game, didn't we? They they had two dodgy goals, and we got, we got a penalty decision didn't go our way in the lead up to one of the goals, and I wasn't impressed by them when we played them last year. So it's a, it's a funny game this one. Yeah, there was that. There was it was the referee who robbed us at their place, wasn't it? He made yeah. a couple of dodgy decisions, like you said. But uh, I just wish they had a forward called Benson, um, you know, because I, I just want to <laughs> up there Hedges. with him. Exactly. Yeah, and he scored a cracking goal a couple of weeks back. I saw him kind of keep keep the ball up a couple of times and smash the ball in on the angle. He's a he's a decent player, and obviously Smodix we know about. Um, and uh, and and yeah, I mean, there was kind of. They're a different proposition to QPR completely. I think it's it's going to be a tougher game, much tougher game. Um, well, when I say tougher, I mean in a footballing sense rather than just people smashing into you and elbows all over and wrestling with strikers and all that sort of stuff. It's going to be a, a bigger test on the football side because uh, they're they're a better side. And uh, and yeah, I mean they had a good they had a good win early on. Um, you know the opening day they the big West Brom at home. And but that blip against Hull, and I know Hull have started off well. Um, but you know, on paper, you you would have thought that um, they'd be beating teams like Hull at, at home. But uh, but like I said, Hull Hull have started well. But then you know they, they've had a couple of decent results since. Um, well, they they beat Watford, but then that uh, that hammering at Plymouth um, wasn't great. But uh, they got back on form with a with a win against Borough, and you know I was. Uh, I was kind of keeping a, a little bit of an eye on that, and uh, it seemed like they could have won by more, even though Middlesbrough seemingly by the stats had lots of chances. Uh, Blackburn had quite a lot of really good chances and should have should have been more maybe than than just two one against Borough. So, um, <laughs> uh, well, that we can assume that Borough are crap at the minute though, so we're, we're not sure how good that result actually is. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm just I'm just looking at the stats from that game. Borough had twenty one shots, six on target. And Blackburn yeah. had fifteen eight on target, so it looks like it was quite an open game. But I think if you're playing a team right down the bottom out of form, to concede that many chances to them, perhaps shows that they may be vulnerable. And I, I guess do you know with all with all the games we, that we play, I think it's more about what we can do, isn't it? It's more about yeah. us, really. We 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 know we're really good at creating chances. Doesn't matter who we play, we're going to create chances. So they've not kept clean sheets. They've conceded goals, 
Blackburn and we score goals. And I'm just looking at it and thinking, you know, we, we might have a bit too much for them in the end. But, you know, time will tell. They're up there for a reason. They've, they've obviously had a decent start. So yeah. it's a hard one to call, ultimately. They're, they're quite a direct side. They're not a side who... They're not a Southampton. They don't kind of keep hold of the ball. You know, looking at some of their possession stats over the course of this season so far. I mean, looking at the whole game, Hull had almost 60% uh, possession uh, mm. at Blackburn. So uh, we could we could well see a lot of the ball in that one. But at the same time, it's not going to be a QPR where they're going to just park on the edge of the box. So hopefully, I mean, if, if you just look at it like that, hopefully if there's some space like... Uh, like what happened when QPR actually came out and actually thought about having an attempt on goal. Um, you know, if we, we've got some space and we've got the ball, then hopefully we'll, we'll kind of create like we did, uh, like we did a QPR. But um, it'd be interesting to see what, what team Tony Mowbray goes with. I mean, we were talking about who might be back. Equa might, should be back. Bradley Dack be fit. But, I'd, and Robert's on the bench as well. I mean, he he did well when he came on. But how how do you drop? How do you drop anybody? And yeah. I'm, I'm not sure. You know, Bar got that goal, and yeah, you were right. He didn't look great first half. He might have been pulled off at half time. But you know, we'll we'll kind of never know what Mowbray was thinking before the sending off. But uh, but yeah, it's gonna. I'm not sure what he's gonna do. I mean, at as a manager, I'd be desperate to bring Roberts back in. But at the same time, you would know it's harsh. Because, <laughs> but yeah. Bar doesn't deserve to be dropped. But for you, you kind of want Roberts to be back in. So I really don't. I can't. I can't guess really what Mowbray is <laughs> gonna do. Nice, nice headaches to have. On the, he might. Yeah. He might go back to playing. You know, sort of Bellingham as the furthest forward player, and then bringing Roberts for for Burstow. You never know. Well, would you think? Would you think about maybe changing it up to three at the back to fit an an extra attacking player in? Yeah, it's it's a tough one, isn't it? Because again, I think he's going to be a bit more wary of Blackburn than, particularly given he knows a lot about them. Um, I think he's going to be more wary of what they can do than perhaps he was with QPR. We, like I said to you on the preview, we knew what QPR would would going to do. Yeah, you know, you, you, I could have done the, I could have done the bloody prep work for them <laughs> to tell them because everybody knows what Innsworth's teams play like. With with these, it's a bit different, and I, I know that they're not littered with stars, but they're clearly quite functional. But the concede goals, and I think I say I just, I think you might be a bit more cautious with it. Um, but at the same time, it's it's about us again, and you know, if I'm thinking of this game, if I'm actually going to pick out things to be a little bit critical, Burstow wasn't really involved. He was probably the least involved player on the pitch, other than Patterson. Um, and we've proven that we can play without a striker, and I'm just wondering whether he might do what I've just said, bring in bring in Roberts for for maybe Burstow and play Bellingham as far forward as he has done, and um, you know set up that way and just maybe get an extra extra attack midfield player in, which I can what? see him doing because we've done it. So he put Roberts centrally behind Bellingham. Yeah, basically how we played in the second half when when Burstow sort of came off, you know. Um, but then again, you you. you we're talking about how do we fit Roberts in? Pritchard was man in the match, playing basically yeah. the full game. So we've yeah. got to maybe find a place. It's it's again something I said on the last on the preview part. It's a it's a good headache to have because you, you it's nice to have these choices when you're in a good run of form and you can't really pick a team. Um, you know, it would I'd be worried if we didn't have options and we were losing games. So yeah. ultimately, I'm 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 more than happy to to. Be able to go into a game and have these things to worry about. It's nice, isn't it? But um, anyways, if I can press you for a for a prediction on this one, what do you think is um, going to happen? I'm going to get splinters in my backside. I'm <laughs> going to go for a score draw. I'm going to go one-one. Well, why change? You know the way I am. I'm, I'm going to predict a win on. Um, yeah, two 0 Sunderland. I'm saying I, I don't fancy Blackburn to be able to keep us out. I'd, yeah. But I can't see it. You're right, though. I, I don't think Blackburn are as good as they are last season. I can't. I can't see them. Well, you know, they, they started off all right, but um, I can't see them being as good as they were last season. I, I think the they're a worse side um, after the summer. So, um, so yeah. I mean, like I said, we were robbed last season, and we should have won there. So, yes, I hope that happens. But I just think it's a it's a, it is a tough game, especially during the. It's not one of those places you want to go th- to during the week either. I don't know why. It's just got that feeling about it. So. I'll be happy to mm-hmm. take a point away from that. 
Yeah, well, we'll see. We'll see. We'll be back with a review pod. So uh, we try to bundle as much into this one as we could. So I thought hopefully we have. We've just done an hour or so. So cheers, Chris. Appreciate your time as always, mate. No worries. And I'll uh, look forward to reviewing a, a board draw during the week now that I've yeah. said it's a score draw. Absolutely. Uh, cheers to the listeners. Thanks as always for joining us. Um, make sure you pre-order our book. I'm going to keep plugging this. It's on the Love Supreme website, SFC365. You can grab the link from there. It's also on the top of pretty much every article on the website. So head over to our website. You'll be able to find it there. It's only £10. All the profit goes to Southern Community Soup Kitchen, uh, written mainly and put together mainly by the man sat across from us. So if you like Chris, make sure you do him a favour and the Soup Kitchen a favour and buy that book. Uh, we will be back after the game with something. I'm not sure what. It'll be a preview, review preview type thing uh, as this one was um, and also make sure on Friday night you join us for Friday Night Live over on X slash Twitter from 8pm it's another podcast basically but it's all live and you can join me so if you if you want more of us then grab that if you're sick of hearing about us then maybe you don't want to grab it um, cheers everybody we'll be back after the next game I didn't understand it.